0: You can train your robots in the virtual world to be better robots in the real world. Omniverse is, uh, is a future. It's, uh, it's the bicycle of imagination. You know, Steve Jobs called computer bicycle of mind.
1: What is the metaverse? Michael Kagan, the chief technology officer of NVIDIA, explains. I started my career at
0: Intel, where I was uh, designing the microprocessors. Uh, the first uh, processor that I was architect of was 860XP, which was the great vector machine, which is a little bit ahead of its time and uh, uh, no software support. So it vanished. Uh, then I managed Pentium MMX design. This was uh, the project, the program that actually brought uh, CPU design to uh, Intel in Israel. And uh, in 99, I Joined small team of people to fund Mellanox, start Mellanox Technologies, which is the high performance uh, network. Uh, we we're doing high performance networking. And uh, after 20 years, uh, NVIDIA acquired us, acquired Mellanox. And uh, for me, it was uh, great uh, closing the circle because uh, NVIDIA is uh, doing the state of the art vector processors. But uh, they do have all the right uh, software, system, and ecosystem support. And uh, I'm a lucky one to be chief technology officer at NVIDIA. And uh, actually, my charter is to architect across the wealth of NVIDIA technologies. It's NVIDIA. I think it's the most technological company I uh, I ever seen. I ever uh, worked with. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's an amazing opportunity to basically build the computing of the twenty first century, and that's uh, that's what my job as the CTO of Nvidia to architect across the
1: technologies. Nvidia is very involved with what people call the metaverse, and Nvidia calls the omniverse. So when we talk about the metaverse or the omniverse what are we what is it
0: Metaverse is a virtual world it's uh, it's the uh, uh, it's a world where you can make your fairy tale come true it's uh, om- and omniverse is an implementation uh, of this of this idea so you can create virtual world you can live in virtual world you can collaborate in virtual world Across the globe, with uh, no boundaries of uh, uh, geographical boundaries or limitations, or uh, even language boundaries, uh, you can work together. You can connect the spiritual world to real world, and uh, you basically can uh, make your fantasy come through. And uh, one of the projects that we are uh, embarking on in NVIDIA is uh, we are uh, doing the uh, simulation of real world of the Earth. And uh, basically, with the omniverse, you can make history to be experimental science. You can uh, simulate what will happen in the future. For example, you know how do we handle uh, global warming or warming, and how do we handle cl- climate changes? So you know, making fantasies come through and uh, making fairy tales is great. But what you can also do, you can actually simulate large projects before you build them. You may have heard that. Uh, uh, large car manufacturers like b b and w are working with us. They're actually simulating their uh, large project before they build it. And uh, once we build something, you can have a digital twin of this uh, of this project, be it data center, be it manufacturing plane, plant be it, uh, smart city, and uh, you can have an interaction of this digital twin with the with its real. Real guy, real, real, real twin, and you can train your robots in the virtual world to be better robots in the real world. So omniverse is uh, is a future. it's uh, it's the bicycle of imagination. You know, Steve Jobs called computer bicycle of mind. omniverse is a bicycle of imagination.
1: Is it accurate to say that the metaverse or your implementation of it, the omniverse, is a digital twin are we talking about an elaborate digital twin we, i think many of us are familiar with the concept of a digital twin in manufacturing so is this the the next evolution uh, where do they fit together
0: it can be exactly the digital twin as as you mentioned it can be digital twin not much higher scale and it can be a virtual world which starts with digital twin and then you evolve it further and uh, basically try out what will happen in the real world by simulating it in the omniverse. In the so, you know, you can... And this uh, digital twin can actually interact with its, uh, its real counterpart. So you can, uh, you can get the, uh, the, the sensors data, you can stream into the digital twin and simulate uh, what's, uh, what's going to happen and how to respond and how to react, be it uh, good or bad.
1: What are the components of constructing the metaverse or your implementation, the Omniverse? You're a chip designer, and you're looking across technology. You're looking at technologies across Nvidia. So behind the scenes, what do we need to make this happen?
0: Omniverse is a tool to collaborate and to cooperate. It's uh, you create your virtual world in the data center that simulates, actually, it's, it can have an accurate simulations of uh, physics. And uh, there are interfaces that you can connect to this virtual world and uh, make changes, updates. You can work on your uh, projects from multi- multiple places, through multiple uh, plugins. And uh, you know there are great uh, tutorials and great presentations on the technical details on the Omniverse and the GTC. So you know, whoever is interested to uh, get some you know, specific details, it's uh, welcome to see the GTC recordings.
1: What are the the foundations? I know you're working on microprocessors. Nvidia obviously creates uh, GPUs. So what what are the pieces that must come together? You have the data in order to build this kind of simulation.
0: It's an accelerated computing platform. That is capable of uh, simulating uh, very large uh, projects. It's a lot of data that feeds this platform, and that's and actually this is uh, accelerated platform that processes the data based on the uh, AI models that were trained on in in real world and some of the, sometimes on the simulated data. There is the laws of physics that we simulate in AI that actually cannot be simulated in the In the sequential sequential machines, quantum machines. So, uh, in order to have this such simulation, you need to have a data center scale computer, and you need to have a uh, right infrastructure to accelerate the AI-based data processing.
1: Why AI? Where does AI fit into this?
0: AI is the new way of uh, processing the data. If you look at the uh, traditional uh, traditional way of computer of uh, programming the computers on human machines, you basically write the program, and it's like explaining somebody what to do, and then computer does what you have done. The thing is that we cannot explain, or we don't know how to explain uh, different things. Something things we just can't explain. You can't explain how to distinguish between cat and dog can explain how to distinguish between man and woman but you know uh, kids know how to you know show kid the dog and she show him the cat and he will know which one is one which one is which and the way it's done because he learned from examples so the an- analogy here is that this AI is uh, basically not human writing software but software writing software you give the computer you teach the computer on the examples. You teach this. You you feed the neural network model, the AI model, with the lot of data from the real world, and this training process results of computer of this model being able to simulate physical phenomena like in fluid dynamics that you cannot simulate on the real on the real computer.
1: So you are taking this notion of. Simulation and then extending it out to a, a very far degree. Again, is this is this a an accurate, although very simplistic, way of looking at what's going on?
0: You can look at this this way: we we, we simulate the real world, and we can uh, make it changes. And this omniverse enables you to trial in there or what will happen in the real world if you uh, if you if you if you try it in the virtual world
1: where do you get the the data from in order to make this possible you know if you're simulating the the real world and you have a jet engine well you know the properties of that jet engine but if you're simulating a if you're running a virtual environment for example where is the data coming from
0: there is a lot of data that is available uh, out there. Uh, we have uh, our own sensors, like in our data centers, or in the, you know, NVIDIA has the uh, fleet of cars that are, are running their collecting data. And uh, once we have this uh, model of the virtual world, we actually can generate data and we can generate data that is either hard or very rare condition uh, on the outside. Like you know, if you want to uh, train your uh, autonomous vehicle fleet to handle uh, hazardous conditions on the road, you can get that much information uh, from the real, real sensors on the or real cameras on the road. But in the virtual world, you can simulate hazardous conditions, and using the simulations, you can train your uh, your fleet of the cars to handle them. You know, if you build the infrastructure that needs to sustain um, earthquake, you can simulate earthquake. You don't need to wait uh, for earthquake to uh, to get this data. So once you have a physically accurate uh, model or ability to simulate physically accurate simulations, you can generate data by yourself. And uh, this way, you can actually have this better training. That you know, more data you generate, the better. Uh, models the, the better your models are trained and uh, you know the better the, the then you have this uh, better solutions and basically you're building the better world
1: right now there's a tweet chat taking place you can ask your questions for Michael Kagan he's the CTO of Nvidia when else will you have this opportunity so ask your questions on Twitter using the hashtag CXOtalk if you are watching on LinkedIn, just push your questions into the chat and you can ask whatever you like and we'll turn to questions in just a couple of minutes. but Michael, you mentioned this concept of federated learning and you referenced autonom- autonomous vehicles. So where do these concepts now fit into the the metaverse?
0: Actually everything that moves, is autonomous. And the reason it's autonomous or will be autonomous because when you move, you need to make a decision. And uh, you need to make a decision. Uh, not as you, you cannot rely on the decision be, being made for you uh, somewhere. So you need to make a decision. It means that every everything that moves will have an AI model that helps him to make the decision and to respond to the conditions that are happening. And uh, these decisions is actually yet another learning. So, you know, in the morning, there is a fleet of cars going out there, driving, making decisions, learning something. And then, by the end of the day, they come back uh, to the parking. And uh, they actually feed this, everything that they learned, each one of them, they feed it back to the data center. And this data center consolidates all these learnings. And uh, basically updates the uh, the model for the cars, and then updates the cars with the new model, which is now much uh, basically integrated, integrating the learn the learnings from uh, all-, all other cars that were running that day. So you have some sort of perpetual perpetual learning at much higher rate than uh, than before. You know, it's uh, look at the. Just an example, you know. There's uh, in the old world, the emperors were sending explorers to explore the uh, the world, and they were coming back, you know, a few years later. And uh, now it happens momentarily. So all this experience of uh, of uh, of the autonomous of the autonomous vehicles or or robots that are out there are uh, being uh, consolidated, and uh, everyone gets update of everyone else's learnings.
1: Let's take a few questions from Twitter and LinkedIn. Let's jump first to LinkedIn. And Suman Kumar Chandra asks How far are we from the metaverse being in prime time? And is this going to be limited to the technologically advanced community only? So, in other words, when will ordinary people get a chance to experience this and the, the benefits?
0: In terms of technology advancement the, the idea is that uh, everybody will be able to connect uh, to this virtual world and uh, live in this virtual world you know there' is a, there are developers there are users and uh, if you look at the at the evolution of uh, computing uh, and the data processing you know at the, at the very beginning you uh, need to you had to read you know very large uh, books, uh, in order to operate the computer, and today uh, you buy iPhone or uh, Android machine, there is no there's no even manual there. Just everything is intuitive. Uh, it takes a lot of engineering and a lot of smart people to make it work this way, but then everybody can consume it, uh, you know, starting from you know three years old kids and uh, you don't need to be expert in the subject to consume it and to take advantage of this. The same with the omniverse. We will live in this virtual world that will uh, that and it will uh, have an interface to everybody, and uh, everybody will be able to uh, be part of it. Uh, You know, developers is one thing; the users uh, are other things, and you know, there will be you can sell things there, you can buy things there, you can live there.
1: We have another question now. This is from Twitter, and Adam Martin. Asks in regard to Nvidia's Omniverse, what do you think the largest benefit will be for companies in the architectural and engineering space, and how should companies be using it today?
0: The Omniverse enables you to simulate large projects. You can leave it before you build it. Uh, now, in the in the chip design, we simulate devices. To make sure that they work uh, once we manufacture them. Uh, if you build a large plane or you know you uh, project the city, uh, you can simulate it on the conventional conventional machines. But Omniverse enables you to simulate the the city. If you uh, put the you know antennas for uh, cellular uh, cellular communication, you can simulate where to put, play these antennas, including the uh, signal reflection from the buildings, so you can uh, basically simulate the very large projects. And uh, I think in the near future, you are not going to build anything without simulating it first, because uh, by simulating the, you can build uh, much more sophisticated projects. And if you simulate them uh, before you build them, then it will most likely work at the first shot. Otherwise, uh, it's a uh, Huge amount of money you spend building the large plants that uh, are not uh, working at the end because there are some mistake uh, on the way. So you can think about Omniverse is uh, ability to simulate every project uh, that you build. And one of the big projects that we are, uh, you know, the humanity is there is the climate. And uh, I mentioned before we are we are trying we are building the. Computer uh, that will enable to simulate the entire Earth, so it's uh, all the way up there, way be, way, way beyond the plant uh, or city simulation.
1: How is this different from the conventional notion of a digital twin that's used today in manufacturing all kinds of different purposes?
0: Digital twin is a twin of something that exists. The digital twin, the twin of the real twin. Uh, the uh, you can start. From the digital twin, but then you can change it, uh, change it to what you want to make uh, the the real plant or real world to be, and uh, basically creating a digital twin of the of the real twin that was not built yet, and you can uh, see whether this uh, model uh, is uh, fits your needs, whether it makes sense, whether it's uh, economical, efficient, and then you can build it
1: say that one more time the digital twin of the twin that was of the model that was not yet built you can
0: start with creating a digital twin of something that is that exists and then you can uh, you know apply uh, some inputs on this uh, digital twin that are not that that do not exist or either very rare in the in the real world and then you can see how does this uh, digital how does this twin react and then how does it respond and then you can uh, basically you know advance your real uh, real world to uh, to do what you wanted to do and what you simulated in the digital world
1: if you're listening you should be asking questions i mean when else are you going to get the chance to ask michael kagan whatever you want about the digital twins and the metaverse and the omniverse and this is from LinkedIn and Christopher Jablonski says, once adopted on a, on a mass scale, how will the metaverse be used in combination with augmented reality, wearables, conversational computing, and smartphones? Or will it be largely mutually exclusive and overtake existing paradigms? So he's asking where this is all gonna be going.
0: We are making more and more out of the uh, real world to be able to to be simulated, and uh, you know whatever used to be mystery before uh, now becomes the technical problem that uh, that we need to solve. And uh, you know the augmented reality is a uh, is a sort of you know it's a micro virtual world. You you take the you you take this glasses or or whatever uh, whatever whatever you have for augmented reality and you. Use it, uh, and you see, and you see some adjustments in the reality. But uh, you can you can go uh, much further because you can uh, basically try to foresee what's going to happen if you if you do some if something happens in the real world, you can uh, see what what will happen in your uh, neighborhood if uh, if there is a volcano erupts nearby. You can simulate it.
1: We have another question from Twitter and this is from Arsalan Khan and Arsalan's a regular listener and always asks such good questions. And he says, the metaverse requires a lot of collaboration to acquire and share data. What if companies are not willing to share this data? Maybe they don't want to share their autonomous car driving data. What happens then?
0: Whatever is based on data, and whatever is based on sharing the data, of course, you know you cannot take advantage of this if you don't have the data. So, and uh, around the data, there has always been uh, this uh, question and this uh, uh, anxiety about uh, confidentiality. Now, not everything you need to know in order to make uh, things right, and not everything is uh, really, really confidential. But you know, if somebody doesn't want to share his data. He he will he will not share the data, and uh, therefore this model uh, will not be uh, will not take advantage of this data. Of course, he can have his own uh, bit uh, on premises or in the cloud. His own you know protected uh, model that will be fed with the data that he is he is willing to uh, to use in this in this model, and he will create his own own virtual world with his own data
1: what about the cloud we where is the intersection between the cloud and these virtual worlds metaverse omniverse data centers how does how does that piece together
0: cloud computing and the cloud in general is uh, making the uh, services computing and the storage uh, being at the service it is sort of you know the, it's the basic generation it's like we have uh, everybody has uh, electricity at home because there is a uh, large electric plants that uh, generating this uh, electricity and uh, deliver this uh, uh, this power to, to everyone based on this you can build uh, a lot of lot of things and in this analogy you need that much compute power to build the uh, the virtual world model and uh, you will need this power plant or data center to uh, to host this virtual world and this virtual world will be connected to uh, to the clients or to different people that will live in this world and then uh, and uh, they will they will feed the data then they will consume the data um, you know you can think about ways as uh, as, uh, as the as the micro virtual world of traffic, Here we have uh, people that use ways and they collaborate with each other. They actually create the this notion or this 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 world, this 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 model and this data of uh, of the real time traffic uh, on the road, and they use it and they actually work with each other. They collaborate without even knowing, knowing each other by sharing the data and uh, and uh, um, letting this uh, data center, uh, the waste service in the data center, to consolidate the data and uh, to use it to to steal the traffic. And uh, you know, you can take this uh, from this example. You can go pretty much uh, pretty much everywhere, and uh, it can be in the social. It can be in the in the uh, smart cities. It can be it can be everywhere. So there is a data that's coming. To the uh, data center that's con- that's being consolidated, that consolidated, consolidates it, builds the model, and uh, updates or ma- lets people to consume this uh, this new 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 model and new 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 world of uh, of the, of uh, this basically this new
1: So you're saying Ways is an example of people coming together. Collaborating, even though they're not necessarily aware that they are collaborating, and creating a specialized virtual world for themselves for that period of time in which they are connected using Waze.
0: Yeah, Waze is an example of you know nano virtual world, virtual world of uh, traffic uh, uh, that is of interest for me, for where I am. The most amazing thing about ways—that's why I like this example—is that there is are millions of people they collaborating with each other implicitly, and they benefit of this collaborate, and they benefit of this collaboration. And uh, yeah. it's uh, it, it it could only be enabled by this technology that has uh, ability to collect data from millions of sensors, consolidate it, and send back the insights.
1: This is kind of a metaphysical question. Is the virtual world created by Waze a temporary virtual world? After all, it's going on and on and on from the Waze standpoint, but for me as a driver, it's very temporary.
0: There are basic things that, uh, and actually Waze learns the stuff, and uh, there is a, there's a I know momentarily condition of, uh, of the road right now. But, uh, you know you can ask ways you know that I want to be in this particular place uh, you know two days from now at five o'clock in the evening when I need to leave my home okay and uh, how, how would you know uh, that when I need to leave home it's because it's already collected data it already has an experience of what's going on on the roads and it can give you a fairly accurate prediction of uh, when you need to leave uh, your home to be at, at the you know, at the office or at the theater at five o'clock in the evening.
1: If we go back to the data center again, so is it uh powerful computing, powerful storage, and data? Are those the, the building blocks that are required to make this happen?
0: Actually, the data center is a is a computer on its own. We can think about this uh, that uh, that was what we, we used to have uh, what we used to call a computer is a a box under the table or some, uh, you know, um, some some bigger box that is in the room. but today data center is the computer. It's like a power plant. Okay? we have a single unit of computing that is delivering services to billions of users and uh, it, it, it requires it requires communication it requires uh, computing it, it, it requires computing acceleration and it requires a lot of data. And it learns all the time.
1: Sounds like when the uh, machine overlords take over, it's going to be the data centers that do it.
0: You can, you can always get scared. Some, uh, some people, at some type point, people got scared about cars, then about the planes, and then about uh, other things. Of course, you know there is a uh, there is a way that uh, bad guys will take advantage of the of the technology, and uh, you need to you need to be aware of it, and you need to uh, to. To, to react. By the way, that's why uh, yet, yet another uh, yet another use of or yet another advantage of having digital twin. For example, of the data center, you can simulate the cyber attacks, and you can uh, be prepared to respond to cyber attacks. Uh, now, machine taking taking the of people. Now it's a, it's a today it's a human machine team. Okay, the the machine can. Process the amount of data that no human can process, and we can generate insights no human can generate, and a human can make a decision that no machine can make, and they just work together.
1: We have uh, some really interesting questions coming up on Twitter, and Arsalan Khan comes back, and he says, "Do you think fiat currencies must become digital?" Because of the metaverse, because we'll have to use cryptocurrencies in the metaverse for consumers. So he's asking about the impact on currency of the metaverse as it becomes more broadly used.
0: In some sense, it's uh, analogy to the to the electricity. You know, at some point, the currency was you know this uh, real uh, uh, gold medals or uh, pieces of gold that people were carrying uh, with them. Uh, today, currency is, is some you know virtual uh, spreadsheet or some virtual table that is in there in the bank. You know, you go to the store, uh, you you sign some paper, and uh, there are some number moves from uh, one table to another in the bank, and you go out with the, with the car uh, from the store or some some other thing. Okay, so the 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 currency and the 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 money becomes uh, uh, more and more uh, sort sort of abstract. And I was thinking that money is uh, the currency is uh, sort of analogous to the electricity. Electric energy, it, it's it was nothing uh, by itself, but using the energy you can do pretty much everything you want. And uh, I think this is what is uh, what is happening with the currency. right now. There are currencies that are associated with the countries, and uh, there's a different exchange rates. I don't know how uh, how far it will hold and uh, it will be interesting to see uh, how this evolves with the virtual world with the with the virtual currencies uh, so i don't have my uh, crystal ball to uh, tell you exactly what's going to happen but i think that if you look at the evolution of uh, of the currency and the money and the and, and the finance is getting more and more uh, sort of abstract and being uh, being some some sort of a surrogate that you can uh, use to build, uh, to to consume it, and to make uh, various things.
1: Just another reminder to folks listening, if you haven't asked questions, well, you should be asking, when, el- when, el- when else are you going to get to ask Michael Kagan? He's the CTO of NVIDIA, whatever you want. So, Man, you guys should be asking questions. So, we have an interesting question from Rogan Robert, and he says he is the innovation lead at Mazers London. He says, Can you share some insights on any exciting firm wide transformation projects that you have executed recently?
0: And it is the wealth of technologies. It's, uh, no, we are uh, we are accelerating the, the computing. If you look at the computing acceleration that was based on uh, law. It is uh, two. It was two X about every other year. Uh, in the last 20 years, the uh, computing is two uh, X every year, and that's because there is a much more innovation on the uh, top of the computer stack. It's not just at the bottom uh, on the protest technology. So the, some people refer to it as Wang Law. Uh, Jensen Wang, uh, it's our CEO. He made this observation. And prediction that uh, accelerated computing uh, will uh, will improve the performance, with the performance uh, by two x every year, and that's what's happening in the in the last twenty years. So you know, making all these things uh, to work together, it's it's amazing. And more compute power we build, uh, it's more consumed and actually generate. It creates uh, even more demand for more compute power.
1: What about the issue of heat? I can tell you so. So I, of course, deal with a lot of video, and I have the latest and greatest Intel chip and the highest end uh, NVIDIA graphics card. And my office becomes super hot, and heat is a real issue. So, what about the heat issue? I'll ask you to answer that really uh, quickly because we're going to run out of time.
0: Well, that is an issue, and we are uh, developing and deploying. Uh, various technologies to, to handle it, but I I, 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 it's 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 it is an issue, and it actually, it's one of the one of the uh, things on the top of the list and the design technology how to handle it and how to. Escape and pour it.
1: Okay, we have another question from Twitter, and this is a really interesting one, and it is from Elizabeth Shaw and she says how will the metaverse and omniverse architectures change the architectures of distributed computing and data storage so she's asking about the impact of metaverse and omniverse on the architecture of distributed computing and storage
0: you know you don't need to go that far to metaverse and omniverse uh, the distributed computing, it started with this uh, high-performance computing, and now the, uh, the data centers are, are built as the uh, cloud-native uh, supercomputer. And this uh, enable, this is the basic infrastructure that's uh, based on uh, uh, fast, fast uh, data processing engines, which is the GPU. There's basically three pillars there. There's a CPU for framework, run the application framework GPU that uh, actually crunches the data and the uh, DPU which is data processing unit that is the infrastructure computing platform running operating system of this big machine so uh, it's uh, it's cha- changing today and the omniverse is the is one of the big consumers of this uh, co- computing technology
1: can you describe for us the implications for business people we have business people who watch this show listening to this and it's very very technology centric what are the implications for those of us in business
0: you can try everything you can try everything out before you build it or before you try to exercise it in the in the real life so for business people you can start making it it will have a you know clear implications uh, on your business And it will be in in the heart of the business this uh, virtual world that you can uh, try it out and you can simulate uh, what you want to to do and uh, you can you can see the can simulate the results ahead
1: of time. And we have Arsalan Khan comes back again with really really interesting question. Again, it's kind of getting metaphysical here. He says. Will the metaverse have a government? Who controls it? How will people get elected? So, if the metaverse is a, is a world, how, how is it managed? That's an interesting
0: question uh, because I'm also interested to know the answer. So, we'll have to just leave it and see.
1: Michael Kagan, any final thoughts before we finish up?
0: Not to be encumbered with this uh, uh, past history or some limitations that we impose on ourselves. It's uh, new technologies will do amazing things for us, and be optimistic. Computers will not take over humanity.
1: And I have, I have one final question that I've been curious about for many years. In in business technology projects, uh, before they go live, we all know can fail, have trouble, what have you. And when you're designing microprocessors. How do you, with billions and billions of transistors and at huge scales, huge scale, how do you make sure that when you ship the thing out the door, it act this complex thing actually works?
0: Simulating a chip is uh, like little omniverse. We are doing the simulations and simulating everything that we are building.
1: You don't go to bed at night sometimes and suddenly wake up and realize. Oh my God! We had this horrible flaw that we have, haven't have picked up, and the thing is about to ship, or it's just ship That 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 doesn't happen.
0: I wouldn't say you know when you when you tape out the chip, and I'm in this business almost 40 years, and it's every time ta- every time it's uh, it's uh, you know you have these uh, concerns and uh, and afraid that it will not work. You you know that you have done everything that uh, you know how to do before you uh, before you send. Uh, the database to manufacturing. And uh, you know you always uh, miss a bit when chips comes back and all of a sudden it starts
1: work. And with that, Michael Kagan, Chief Technology Officer of Nvidia, thank you so much for taking the time to share all this this interesting knowledge with us. I really really appreciate your being here. Thank you very much and thank you to everybody who watched. It's been a very, very fast 45 minutes. Before you go, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button at the top of our website so we can send you updates on these live shows and tell people so we can get people to ask questions like you guys have been doing. Thanks so much, everybody. I hope you have a great day and we will see you again next time.